So, this morning, we start in our Velocity Conference. And for the next three Sundays, we'll be having the Velocity Conference. Tell somebody, Velocity Conference. Amen. You all know that velocity is speed with direction. You can have speed without direction. And so it's not everything that is moving that is going somewhere. That is why you don't have to jump into anything at all. So what I'm going to try to do by the message of God, by the time I, fin I finish um, this three sessions with you, um, this Sunday, next Sunday, and the Sunday after, you will have what I call director speed. Director speed. And the third Sunday, I'll be doing the supernatural acceleration anointing. And I'll be speaking on the hand of God and the blessings of the Father. I'll be, I'll be, I'll be doing multiple sermons on that day. It will be more like prayer. But as my tradition is, I will always want to lay the foundation of what I want us to pray about. The Bible says, by wisdom, a house is built. By understanding... Its foundations are laid. And by knowledge, its rooms are filled with treasures. So three major keys you need in everything you do to be able to build your life and build everything. Wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. If you pray and your prayer is based on wisdom, understanding, and knowledge, it builds you. So I, in the next two Sundays... I'll be trying to lay the foundation of wisdom, knowledge, and understanding. So I call this um, Velocity Conference Wisdom Keys for Progressive Living. Wisdom Keys for Progressive Living. In part one, I'm talking on the subject overload. 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 How your life slows when you carry excess baggage. How your life slows when you carry excess baggage. For those of you who are travelers, you know, you have to check in at the airport. At the airport, you see, life is, is, is in classes, whether you like it or not. Life will always be in classes, and it even, even reflects when you are traveling. So, in the aircraft are different um, classes. So, we have the economic class, we have the business class. And then we have first class. And then we have a premium economy class. Premium economy class. Now, now your class will determine what you can carry into the airplane. So, in economic class, for instance, you allow one bag weighing 20, 23 kilograms. One bag weighing 23 kilograms. In a premium economy class, you are allowed two bags weighing 23 kilograms each. Now, in business class, you are allowed 32, two bags weighing 32 kilograms. And in first class, you are allowed three bags weighing 32 kilogram, kilograms. So you don't just carry anything at all. And I have been at airports where I have seen people there is this particular one I saw a lady was in the queue to check in. 
when you are in the first class or business class, you are you go fast. There is a fast track. When you are in the economic class, you join a long queue, a long queue. So this lady got to a ten after being in the queue, got to a ten, and then they weighed her bag, and she was over the twenty-three kilos. So they ask her to remove the extra. They call it excess baggage. So remove the extra weight, the excess baggage, remove it. This lady now has to carry her bag down. And I don't know, for the airports I've traveled through, I don't know about other airports I haven't, but it looks like they don't expect you to come with excess baggage. They expect you to be wise enough not to come with excess baggage. So they don't make room for those who carry excess baggage to go and reduce. What you have to do is that you either have to pay for the excess baggage or you have to remove them. So this lady, in the open, as a result of excess baggage, has to now open her bag to take out and she has to leave the queue. So those behind her were now going ahead of her. And now she has to take out some things. Unfortunately for her, those who came to drop her had left. So whatever she was taking out will have to either be dashed or thrown into something. She was very frustrated and very angry. Number one, for the first reason, it was her friend who at the last minute came to her and said, can you carry this with you for me to someone in your country? A relative. So now she has to decide whether she has to leave her friend's thing at the airport or she has to take some of her things out and leave it at the airport. And you can't just leave it in the open. fact, they will show you the dustbin where you should throw it. Or the other option is for her to pay for the excess luggage. And sometimes you realize that the cost of the excess baggage is more than the value of the thing that is giving you the extra weight. So they are more or less punishing you for carrying extra luggage, extra baggage. So you have to now start taking them out. When I travel with money, I reserve airport money. Because I know by all means we have excess. So I reserve money shots for everybody when we go. So me myself, when I'm going, I'm a prepared man. So I go and then pay. But so this woman now has to decide which one am I taking? Well, I can afford to leave my things here. It is my responsibility. I can hold myself responsible for that. I can explain to myself. But what would I tell my friend? If I, she will even assume that I have taken the things. She was very angry. Very, very, very angry. And she, was, she directed the anger at the counter attendants. So this small thing, why won't you let me take it? 
This one thing, one with and she was very and started insulting, started cursing, started doing all manner of things at the airport. Nobody bothered her, nobody minded her. I mean, these people were very busy doing their things and checking other people in who are coming with the right weight and checking them in while she was talking and talking and talking. Eventually, she had to take some things out. And guess what she took out? The ones that belonged to her and had to take her friends' things in and out. You see, let me tell you something, my friends. In life, eh? If you carry excess baggage in life, you put excessive burden on yourself. And some of the things you are carrying on you, sometimes are not even things that are necessary. They are not even things that is worth the price you are paying in life. Sometimes there are people who have just walked into your life with some unnecessary weight and it's weighing you down and destroying you and you are still carrying them around. My duty today is to bring your attention to the excess baggages in your life and ask you. So next week, I will talk today, the sermon is descriptive. Next week, it will be prescriptive. Because next week, I will talk on offload. And then I will show you how to take out the excess baggages out of your life and free yourself so that you can progress. Are you here? You need, you need to be lightweight to progress. Amen. Like right now, right now, eh? Right now, Ronaldo has become excess baggage for Manchester United. I mean, Ole doesn't know what to do with him. If he starts him from the beginning, he doesn't score. If he benches him, Judah and Co. will complain. So now he is an SS baggage. Now let me show you something. Genesis 6 and verse 6. I want to show you what Satan is doing to Manchester United. Because, because they are called red devils. Therefore say to the children of Israel I am the Lord I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians You see when the Egyptians realized That the Jews had the capacity To be able to liberate themselves They decided to put burdens on them when the devil sees, how, in fact, when the Jews actually realized how the Israelites were even progressing under slavery, they decided to put burdens on them. When the devil sees you are progressing, he puts burdens on you. And I want to show you how he does it so cleverly that you don't even notice it. That you don't even notice the excess loads and baggages that the devil has placed on you. Are you here with me? So I think it's Exodus, Exodus 6 verse 6. Not Genesis 6 verse 6. So write it, Exodus 6 verse 6. Not Genesis 6 verse 6. Something else was happening in Genesis 6 verse 6. 
It wasn't this at all. God was busy dealing with some situations. So. Now. If your life is becoming a burden, please check. You are probably overloaded. If you feel you are weary in life, you are tired and you want to give up on life, please check you are overloaded. Now, weariness is different from tiredness. You see, somebody will walk from the central business district in Accra to here, Spinters Road, and says, I am tired. And somebody's husband will worry her and she will also say, I am tired. It's not the same tiredness. One is weariness. The other is tiredness. Many people are weary in life because of excess baggage in their lives. And I want to share some few principles with you. I'm sure that by the time we leave, God would have given you a revelation to change your story. Excess baggage puts excessive burden on you. Now Hebrews 12 verse 1. Wherefore, seeing we are also compassed about with so great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin. Let us lay aside what? Every weight. Every weight and the sin that doeth so easily beset us and not here. And let us run. And let us run. And let us run. So for, for us not to confuse ourselves, I just want us to focus. So I'm going to read again, but jump a few things. Now, here. Let us lay aside every weight. And let us run. Because see, to run in life and to have speed and to overtake and to have space, you have to be light. You have to lay aside some weight. Okay? I'm sure that if you ask Reverend Eric and Pastor Kabu to run, to race right now, Pastor Kabu is likely to win. No, Pastor Kabu is likely to win. No, no. Can, can, can we see Reverend Eric? Apostle Eric, can you stand? Um, can you please stand? Can, can you please come closer? Can you, can you please come closer? You, you, see, you see the two of them, eh? You see the two of them, eh? You can see that he has laid aside a lot of weight. If you ask the two of them to run right now, Apostle, can you beat him? Eh? <laughs> so, so it, it, the lighter you are, the faster you are. It, it does look like in Apostle Eric's hometown, the, the bigger you are, the faster you are. Okay, thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. So, you, you need to look at your life. And assess yourself. Why am I progressing so slowly in life? Why am I developing so slowly in life? Why is it that all my friends I started life with have gone past me and I am still chasing them? 
before you start pampering yourself and thinking that you are doing everything right, just that the devil is doing everything wrong against you, please, I need you to take a very close look of yourself in the mirror of life, the Bible. And you will see that the reason why you are progressing slowly in life is because you have a lot of excess baggage and you need to put them somewhere. If the weight you are carrying weighs heavier than you, you will become weary in life. Let me give you the example of three cars. For those of you who will be listening later on radio, you will not see the example of three cars. But so that's why you must be in church, you know. So let me show you the example of these three cars. This is car number one. This is car number one. So, just like our lives, the car is carrying some weight. Car number one, the car has social weight, which is like one kilogram. Attitudinal weight, one kilogram. Family weight, one kilogram. Health weight, one kilogram. Expectation weight, one kilogram. Um, occupational weight, one kilogram. Uh, financial weight, one kilogram. Marital weight, one kilogram. I made it, I chose one, 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 because my mass is usually, uh, my mass teacher died very early. So I, I just decided to choose figures that would make it very easy for me. But this car is fine. Now, the reason why this car is fine is because the car itself, when you put all these weights together, they amount to nine kilo, kilograms. And the car itself has a weight of nine kilograms. So the car can easily carry what it's carrying. Because what it's carrying is not heavier than it. Are you here? So this car will move comfortably and gets to its destination. And honestly, there are a number of us here who are actually carrying weights that we can bear. Like this car. So you see progress in your life. You see, every day you have a testimony. If you look at your life five years ago and today, you have actually progressed. You have a lot to thank God for. You have a lot to appreciate God for. You have a lot to celebrate God for. Okay? You have a lot to celebrate God for. But look at car number two. Car number two carries the same weight. But the car's weight is 12 kilograms. So what it means is that the load on this car is lighter. What it therefore means is that this car can move faster than the other car. Now, the driver of this car will have to use less effort to get the same speed of the driver of the previous car. So, he is not weary. He is not tired in life because he has built his capacity. And so, he is heavier than what he is carrying. And so, therefore, this person is happy. He is moving faster. He is beating competition. The people he finished school with, he's gone ahead of them. He's ahead of his age mates. He's going because he has invested in himself and has built enough capacity that is bigger 
than the responsibilities that he showed us. So between the first car and the second car, I am comparing good and better. It is good to have the, the same capacity as your weight, the, the loads you are carrying. But it is better to have excess capacity than excess baggage. Are you here? Excess capacity. So that you don't break down too soon. Some people live early and they are even healthier in their old age because they have built capacities throughout their lives that have made life very simple for them, easy for them, and they are moving fast and moving fast and moving fast. There are people who could retire at 40. There are others who are 60 are begging their bosses, can I change my birth certificate and reduce it to 18. <laughs> can, I, can you reduce 10 years of my age? There are people nearing retirement who are scared for their, the rest of their lives. Because they haven't built the capacities that can make them live long after their retirement. They have not. But there are also others who are crying to be retired not because they have done something extraordinary because the burden of the work on them, they have not built capacity for it. And there are those who are asking to be retired because they can live happily ever after. Because of capacities that they have built. Whilst speaking in tongues is important, whilst fasting is important, there are principles in life that prayer cannot be a substitute for. There are choices and decisions that you have to make. Are you here with me? What has me is to see a born again believer who is committed to serving the Lord but is a failure when you compare the person to the person's siblings who are non-Christians who are taking pragmatic steps and decisions in life. Years ago, SU leaders used to fail a lot. Scripture union leaders used to fail in their examinations. Because during the preparations for exams, they'll be fasting and praying. Whilst unbelievers will be studying, they'll be fasting. God will not supernaturally take your the syllabus and put it in your head for you to go and write. There will be isolated cases of such miracles, but that will not be the best practice. Are you here? The fact that Jesus walked on water does not mean that all of us can walk on water. In fact, Jesus himself walked on water once. He didn't try again. Are you here? He changed water into wine once. He did not try again. When people were hungry, he sought for food for them. He didn't say supernaturally you are failed. 
he rather multiplied the food supernaturally and fed them. Because what they needed was bread. They, they needed taste. They did, you know how sometimes when you don't have appetite, it hurts you. The food is there. You have money. The food is there. But you don't have appetite. And then you yourself, you ask yourself from morning afternoon, I don't feel hungry. And there is food. And then when you see people eating, you become jealous. Now Jesus had the understanding that human beings don't just want their stomach to be filled. They want it to pass through their mouth so that they can taste it. So he multiplied the bread and gave it to them to chew responsibility and humanness. You can't stop being a human being because you are praying. So everything around you will happen supernaturally. I'm sure that when I declared this month a month of supernatural acceleration, most of you will be assuming, but I'm leading you to the supernatural. I'm moving you to the supernatural. But I have to establish principles that can make the supernatural work for you. For Jesus to multiply the bread, they have to be hungry people. And after he multiplied the bread, the hungry people had to eat the bread. So there was a combination of humanity and divinity. When you want to take, you want to put everything on God. Everything on God. Everything on God. You want to put everything on God. The easiest thing to do is to go to Achimota Forest and pray every day. It is easier than getting up every morning and selling newspaper by the roadside. So some young men would choose to be praying for breakthroughs in Achimota Forest instead of them getting up and selling by the roadside. They'll pray, sir, and then their prayer will finish. Eh? And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and find some, find, find some stone and sit on it. As yeah, as yeah, as yeah. Everybody, a comedy meal, a comedy meal. As yeah, as yeah. Are you here with me? Now, let me show you the third car. And then I'll share some principles with you, and then we close. So this is supposed to be the third car, but it's car two. So this is supposed to be the third. Now, if you look at this third car, there is. I want to show the second car. Okay, yeah. So the third car. Now you look at this third car. Actually, you will notice that the third car, the weight has increased. The weight now is three kilo, a kilogram, three kilograms, three kilograms, and so you will put all the weights together, it is 27 kilograms. But the car's capacity is 18. So the car is carrying more. And if you look at the ties, it is breaking down. Because it is carrying more. You cannot carry what is heavier than you. Now Saul gave David his, his armor. When David wore it, David said, no, it's too heavy for me. Goliath would have killed David if David had used the, the, the armor of Saul. 
God, he will not have been effective. He will not have been efficient. When you carry what is bigger than you, what is heavier than you. Apostle Eric, come. Come with the uh, person you. Okay, okay. So look up Apostle Eric and Dwayne. Apostle, can you carry Dwayne for me? Carry him like a baby. You see? And I tell you, I can, I can get Apostle to carry Dwayne. Can you, can you just walk like this and back? Oh, the last time I chatted with him, he does a lot of work. The last time he told me he did 20 kilometer walk, I told him, did he have an eye watch? He said, no, I said, my friend, they don't tell me that. But you see, the ease with he has carried him. Dwayne, carry Apostle and go and come. Try, try and carry him. He will, not, he will not even attempt. Because you cannot carry one. If he tries to carry him right now, eh, he will break his back. He will break his spine. I'm telling you, he will break his spine. You see the ease with which he carried him in and out. That's how somebody, some people's lives are. Some people's lives, they are carrying their life very easy, moving up and down. And others, others doing size, but their problem is like this. Their life is as heavy as Apostle Eric, but their capacity is as small as Dwayne. Are you here? Dwayne, you are doing mechanical engineering eh? at tech. He came to TCI's mommy school and is doing mechanical engineering at tech. So, So he's building his capacity. Now very soon he comes out of school and he lands a job. It is his capacity that has landed him that job. After two years, three years, he's driving in a car. This is his capacity. Because he'll be earning a certain amount of money. There are young men in, with doing size in this church right now. His age mates. Who are idling around, going around, idling around. Doing nothing with their lives. In five years time, they will say God has disappointed them or there is no anointing in this church. But in five years time, Dwayne will be sharing his testimony of how he has sat under me, listening to me, made choices and now he's a boss of an engineering firm. Yeah! Capacity. Capacity is crucial. Thank you, please. Crucial and very important. Most people are like this car. It's breaking down. And the surprising thing is that the driver is still smiling. His, his life is crumbling. The car is going down. It has started with the tires. He's not progressing. And he's still there. So let me quickly show you how to get out. If, if your life looks like this, I want to show you something. Now, the worst thing you can do to yourself is to, is to carry something that is heavier than you. The worst thing Dwayne would have done to himself was to have carried Apostle Eric. He would have felt some pain in his spine. And it would not affect him now. He's still a young man. But in 10 years, he'll start feeling some pain. 
by the time he gets to 50 years, he starts holding walking stick. And you say, my bishop used me for an example in church. And made me carry an apostle be. And I felt some pain. And I took it for granted. Today, look at my life. There are people like that. The things, the things you are taking for granted are today haunting you. And you are still taking it for granted. When I see some of you, the way you even come to church. You come to church, you even take coming to church for granted. Sometimes I watch your answer. I go back home and watch the video of me preaching. And I see some of you. And I'm making a very important statement. And I'm looking at your face. And I'm looking at your face. And I'm feeling that even me who preached it, this is a revelation for me. This is a revelation for me. And I'm looking at your face. The way you have taken even the sermon for granted. And God for granted. Tell you right now. You go to the shop outside there. You see some people sitting down there talking. They are taking life for granted. Everything for granted. You see some people out there standing outside. They are talking. Nothing is serious for them. And that has been their lives. At some point when you do some things, they are humility. At some points when you continue to do them, they are humiliation. Are you here with me? Develop yourself. Build yourself. Can I move on? As you grow in life, your responsibilities increase. To survive, your response force must also increase. Your response force. Can I have, can I have Dwayne and Apostle again? Apostle, so sorry, today I have to use you. You are the closest big man around me. The closest. Okay, so no, face each other. Doing, try to push apostle. Don't think he's your apostle. Just try try to push him. See, try to push him. See? Uh-huh. Apostle, now push Dwayne. Oh, what is the problem? Push him. Now here, you know why it was difficult for him to push? Because there's a resistance force. There's a response force. So I was trying to push him. He was responding as a force. To two forces. If your response force is weak, like doing in this matter, anything will push you back in life. Anything will push you down in life. Even in the realms of the spirit. If your response force is weak, if you are clapping, clap well. You will be pushed down. And many people have destroyed their lives because their response force is so weak in life. They can't withstand the pressure they are in. They cannot. And I will show you. Let's, let me know. Thank you. Thank you. So now, let me conclude. So I'm the last bit of the sermon. It's called how to escape. How to escape. How to escape from all these excessive baggage and excessive things on you. How to escape. How to escape. So, E, economic weight. Economic weight. Economic weight. The lifestyle you cannot comfortably finance, you don't deserve it. And if you put your phone off, it will be better than it's ringing. Thank you, sir. Now, the lifestyle you cannot comfortably finance, you don't deserve it. 
And I want to state it again. I've preached this year over and over and over. There are a number of new people here, so let me state it. The lifestyle you cannot comfortably finance, you do not deserve it. Keep this at the back of your mind. There are so many people who are very arrogant and feel that they deserve better than life has given them. And so, if they are not getting, they are going to take. So, I'm changing my children's school and put them in an expensive school and believe God to pay. Brother, what kind of faith is that? If you can't believe God for job and for financial increase, don't change your children's fees, school, and put them in a more expensive school and now believe God to finance it. Because if you have faith, you will not be believing God to finance school fees. Because your faith would have been working for you already. And things would have been available for you. Are you here? Take this from me. Some of the ways in which the devil gets us into debt is to try to let us feel that we are bigger than what life is giving us. And we are better than what life is offering us. And we must show to people that we have arrived and we are some big guys and other things. If you cannot pay for that car comfortably, use Uber comfortably. It won't kill you. It will not kill you. Than to go and buy that car on credit from somebody in church who trusted you because you are in church with a person and the person gave you the car and he said, In three months, I will pay. And now you are dodging the person. But you come to church late. Then you sit at some corner. Mira says, Shall we share the grace? You are gone. Very soon you will leave the church. And then you say, There is no love in the church. Because your ghost is chasing you. Don't. Your time will come. I said life is in classes. Some years ago, it was even difficult for me to get money for Trotro. Now I can afford any class in an aircraft. I can. I can. You understand? Some time ago, I was using the airport and chose to go through the normal route. Somebody called me that he has been called. I've seen Bishop Tito Fair at the airport and he's using the normal route. You guys, what is wrong with you? So the person called me, so Bishop, somebody is at the airport, very angry. Please, if you haven't checked in time, I said, I'm fine, I've gone too far. I've gone too far. But some time ago, I'll be in the truck truck queue for those of you who <laughs> you don't know Trotro, when we are saying it internationally, we say oh, a bus. It's not like a bus. It's a bus that is not a bus. It's actually a risk of them. <laughs> Mommy and I will be in Teshi. We'll be, we'll, be, we'll be a circle going to Teshi and it's raining. And we are in a long queue. And you don't know when it will get to your turn. 
And you don't know when it will get to your turn. Mr. Akoto, please, your phone, you have to put it off because it's really distracting me. And you don't know when it is your turn. And you are standing in. Today, even airports outside this country, I, go, I get there and I'm on fast track. I am, I am picked, sometimes I am picked by the airline from, from wherever I am. And I am, and I'm not checked in. I mean, how they check me in, I don't know. But my, 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 my baggages and things, they meet me when I arrive in Accra. And in Accra, I'm picked on the tarmac. But some time ago, some time ago, I used to go to airport to watch an airplane flying. But I'm not here because I'm a bishop. I am not here because uh, I'm a Christian. I'm here because I'm a responsible Christian. I have built my capacity. I have increased my capacity. Life is easier for me now than it was years ago. But meanwhile, I have more responsibilities now, but my response force is greater and bigger. Greater and bigger. Sometimes all the young men around me who work for me, not all of them, those who work for me genuinely, are awed at my capacity to reason, solve problems, move the organization forward, take steps, and make things happen. But it just didn't happen. It is my ability to build myself, and to develop myself, and to grow myself. One time Kevin was saying that some, his friend or some man came in there and said, is your father a magician? Because we knew him when he came to Sprinter's Road. How did he do all these things? I haven't reached anywhere. They were at Accra Business School. It's an example. What we have there at Accra Business School is sample. No one are going to buy a product. They give you a sample. Or you go to a perfume shop. They give you some perfume to smell. Uh-huh. That building there is perfume. You are smelling it. The, the real perfume is to come. The real perfume will, will come. We are manufacturing it and it will come. And it comes with a certain capacity development. Building yourself. Being responsible. Praying and watching. Praying and working. You know the more I pray, the more God gives me ideas to work. The more God gives me ideas. Sometimes I go, mommy said, go on holidays, take the, drop your phones, drop your, your, the, your, leave your phones, leave your um, iPad, leave your laptop, leave your everything and go. I said, no, 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 that's not a problem. The problem is my head. If you can cut this off and keep it here, I can go on holidays. As I'm carrying this, God has touched my brain and works like something. My mental capacity is actually on a different level. As I just put your phone off, I am preaching, your phone is ringing. 
Can I preach? Or I should close. Can can uh, somebody help a job to put his phone off? If the phone is not going off. If it goes off, you are fine. Sorry, this is on. So let me show you something. Don't get yourself into financial mess. You, it will take you a lifetime to get out. Discipline yourself. Control your appetite for ostentatious living. Control it. Control it. You see, your, your, after, after yourself, the materialistic aspect of you, it doesn't care whether you have money or not. It will demand things. It will tell you, look at a man like you. Look at the car you are using. Go and get a new car. Look at where you are living. Improve yourself. Improve yourself. Leave the chamber and hall and go and rent two bedrooms. And you will do it. When you know Do you know I will never commit to anything that I am not sure I can finance it for the next five years? I will never commit to it. There is no single month that I don't sit down with my accountant to plan our expenditure and to strategize and to make sure that I will never have an unnecessary financial burden on my neck. So deal with it. If you want to live well, if you want to live well, earn more money. If you want to earn more money, become a product that somebody wants to buy. And buy and buy. Improve yourself in your office. Work hard. Get promoted. Get your pay, your pay increase. And increase your life. But actually, one of the things I've noticed about people who are rich is that the more they make money, the more they reduce the expenditure. You, are, you, you earn 1,000 cities a month, and you spend 800. So that's 80% of your money is gone, and you save 200. When you're, you get 1,005, or you get 1,002, the chances are that your appetite will go up. You would now spend thousand and still save two hundred. So nothing has changed. It's your expenditure that has changed. But nothing has changed. You think your life has changed. No, your foolishness has increased. But the increment in your salary is not meant to increase your expenditure, it is meant to increase your savings. The more rich men make money, the more they spend less and increase the money and save it. Can I move on? Let me move on. Number two, social weight. If you love pleasure more than prayer, then prepare for your downfall. Let's organize prayer meeting for the youth. And you may see 25 youth praying. Let's go for beach party. Beach party. You will show up 
in your beginning. Hey. You and you will confess though. You will confess. Just like our last two children, Nana and Via. If we're waking them up for school, mm, let me sleep small. Let me. The day the school will say they are going on excursion, they will come and wake you up. 4 a.m. They have they have, they have they have dressed up, they have finished bathing, and they didn't sleep the whole night. Lambs <laughs> <have> of <been> pleasure. <laughs> Listen, life is too serious to spend all your time partying. To spend all your time hanging around with aimless people and socializing. If you want to make yourself happy all the time, no, nobody will take you serious. You know what? If you want to be happy, then make things happen. And let the things you make happen make you happy. If your happiness comes from partying, nothing comes from achievement. You should see that house. That must bring you happiness. It's not somebody's birthday where you see, the, what do they call it? Is it Hekini? That? Henny? Whatever. If we see a bottle of whiskey, that's where your happiness comes. And you don't care. Your wife and children are home. They don't even know what to eat. You are sitting in a party, enjoying and eating and gorging yourself over meat. And that is all you do. All you are waiting for me to finish. I just have to finish this sermon for you to lunch out there this afternoon. The way you are going to enjoy. The weekends that there are no funerals for you to attend, you feel depressed. Oh, true. People's, people's funeral, you cry more than... Well, hallelujah. And then your companionship can be a weight on your life. Do you know you can marry a man who will become a weight? Or a woman who will become a weight? Yeah. Right, your parents can be a weight on you. And your children can be a weight on you. Your sibling can be weights on you. Your friends can be weights on you. I, I know... I know rich people, young men doing well, and their parents demanding and demanding for their lazy younger siblings and demanding for cousins and demanding. And today they are run down. They are on the ground because of these pressures. Because of these pressures. That's that, that this week I had um, serious disagreement with one of my sisters whom I've directed to go to a certain hospital because that is where I can afford and decides that because she is my brother she will go to a, an expensive one and whatsapp me the receipts the invoice while she's at the hospital so I can send Momo I said, I said, you know something? If you don't have money to pay, let the hospital take you for, 
for <laughs> there are security. <laughs> Listen, you are not leaving the hospital until you pay. I have asked you where to go. One of my siblings came to me. Was she, she was in Trotro. I don't know how they got to know she was my sibling in Trotro. And someone said, oh, did you offend your partner at And I said, so. When I came to, at one point on Sprinter's Road, I had to sell my car and use Trotro. In fact, when I go for a walk, I don't go with my car. I walk and then I take a taxi and come back home. And people, oh, Bishop, Bishop, who for taxi? Oh, Bishop, hey. <laughs> I take a taxi and I come home. And I'm fine. I haven't died. I'm still around. I'm enjoying life. Less pressure on me. I will never carry anything that is heavier than me. Are you here? Now, attitudinal weight. Prudent behaviors guarantee progress. Foolish behavior leads to a fall. Sometimes it is your own attitude and your own behavior that is a weight on you. The way you fight when you get a job, then they sack you. Then you go and steal in an office, then they catch you, then they sack you. Then you eat by heart, and then you get lifestyle disease. Now it's on you. And you are struggling with it, and it become a weight on you. You have been so lazy all your life. Today, look at you. When others were going to school, you were doing something else. Today, look at your life. Get up right now. Change that attitude. Do something with your life. Have the right attitude and you will see the right God doing the right miracles in your life. God can change your life. And I believe that that's the reason why he has sent me here to bring you this message. He will change your life. Yeah, some of you want to give an assignment. Eh? When you go home today, just walk into your wardrobe. Count everything you have, all the clothes you have, all the shoes you have. And start putting financial value on it. See how much you are worth. And you see you are not poor at all. It is your spending attitude that is making you poor. Problems, the problems you don't solve hamper your, pro, your progress in life. Life is about solving problems. They will come no matter what it is. But I want to assure you as you sit here, the problem you are going through right now, God has already given you a way of escape. You can get out of it. You can get out of it. You are better, you are stronger than that problem. You can handle it. You can get out of it. Just take these principles I'm sharing and get out of it. And you can. You can walk out of that problem. Everything that has a beginning has an end. That problem started some time ago. It must end at one point in your life. Are you, are you here with me? You need to be a testimony. You need to, be the, you need to show forth the glory of God. Some things must change in your life from today. There must be a progress in your life. 
and you have the capacity to make it happen. You have the ability to make it happen. Just work it. Allow the spirit of God in you to work it through you. You can make it happen. Don't allow anyone, any situation, any problem to run you down. Finally, your environment. Your environment covers almost everything I've shared here. Sometimes all you need to do is to move away from the circle of friends you have. And life will begin to change. I preached one sermon about redefining relationship. One man came to share a testimony of how he went home. And all the guys living with him, he gave everybody money. Go and rent a place, go and rent a place, go and rent a place. And told them, you are living today. Everybody, go and rent a place. You are living today. He said, since they got out of my life, my life just changed. Lord had to live Abraham's life for God to show Abraham what he was going to give him. Sometimes the people around you are so poisonous. God can trust, God can hand over some things to you because of the people around you. They will mess it up, they will interrupt, they will spoil it. I don't hear. And so and sometimes you see, you have to look at that environment where you can grow, that environment where you can develop, and put yourself in there. Get yourself in there and grow in that environment and build yourself in that environment. Choose your friends, don't let your friends choose you, and choose them strategically. Are you here with me? Do you know sometimes it's better to be a gate man for someone than to be your own boss? Because what you will learn being that gate man, you will never learn being your own boss. And when you eventually become a boss, you will know how to treat a gate man. Because it would have shaped you and molded you. Do you know why I believe I'm one of the good pastors in this country? You know why? I've been through everything in church. From being a cleaner to facing equipment. Local equipment. This sound thing Judah does. He's doing digital and all those things. The local one. It used to be some man called Victor who used to build for all the churches. You go, hey, to be able to tune it for your pastor's voice to come, you must be a genius. I've done all those things before. Be the home cell leader. I've, I've written through the ranks. I know how it is to be a church member. I know how it is to lead a department. I know how difficult it is to, to, to be a branch pastor, to be an associate pastor. I've been through the meal. I understand it. Sometimes, eh, God brings into your path your destiny helpers. Eh, but because you are not sensitive and you are not spiritual, you'd rather choose destiny destroyers and you link up yourself with them. May God change your environment for you. I'm telling you, I pray for you that your surrounding, the people that have surrounded you, any enemy amongst them, may God expose that person. May God expose that person. 
I, I feel in my spirit that there is some relocation here. God is taking you from one environment into another environment. An environment that can develop you. An environment that can build you. An environment that can progress you. An environment that can lift you up. An environment that can take you far. I feel it in the name of Jesus. And I declare, may you find that environment. I speak, may you find that environment. I declare, may that happen for you. In Jesus' name. There. No, I have, I have some. I used to have a dog. Sit down. The dog really liked air conditioning. I'm telling you, even the dog knew the environment that was comfortable for him. So all the time I used to see the dog lying at one place in, uh, one, in front of one of the doors. So all the time when I come, this dog, come on, move away, let me get, let me pass. Then I noticed that there was some space under the door and air conditioning passes there. So the dog just comes to lie there and receives it and takes it in and takes it in. There was an experiment that they used two minds. They put one in a very poor environment and they put one in a very nice environment. Very nice environment. After a period of time, they came to test their brain and they realized that the one in the nice environment, the brain has developed faster than the one in the poor environment. The reason why the rich keeps getting richer is because they live in places that their vision is challenged. The things they see, their visions are challenged. Do you know why I recently checked myself into London School of Economics? Was to go and get my vision challenged. Just go and get my vision challenged. Walking there and see the things they were doing, the kind of lectures, the kind of lecture halls they have, and everything, my vision was challenged. I just decided that my environment must change. My environment, I must walk into where world leaders study. Paid 60,000 pounds and sat in there, looked at how people comported themselves and conducted themselves and discussed things and how case studies and things because I own a university, just studied the thing and everything. I went to be challenged. I changed my environment just to be challenged. I need you to live here with this thing at the back of your mind. God wants you to challenge yourself. Change your friends if they are not challenging you. Change it if they are not pulling you. It is better to be last running with horses than to be first running with tortoises. God bless you. Thank you for coming to church.